0: This is Two Shy Guys A Mile High, and we're gonna run it light through.
1: Probably just did it more out of spite <laughs> Just <laughs> be like, eh, not for me You know, kind of thing um, But Just after, fam, you have to graduating um, I graduated And I actually stayed Kind of in Tallahassee, because uh-huh. opportunities You know, of course, just opening up people I'd worked with I'd always kind of worked, like, in after school And different, different grant programs That supported kids in the education field While I was attending school
0: Nice. That's what I was going to ask you, what was your first, like, uh big opportunity after graduation
1: and uh, getting into the field my first opportunity was actually I started my career being a para educator uh-huh. so I was before you get your teaching certificate before I got officially passed and it was at a school that I actually have been working in we had something called the Howard Hughes Science Program so it's mm-hmm. of course exposing kids, kids of color to science, engineering, all those type of things Street. and um, I was already working in the school <laughs> right? So the principal at the time already knew me, was kind of like, oh, knew that I was getting my, had my degree. And really, she opened that door for me mm. and was like, hey, you know, I have a paraeducator position. Once you get a certificate, we'll love to have you here. You already have relationships um, built with the kids, all that great stuff.
2: For those that don't know, what is, what is a paraeducator? Just for um, the, for oh, no. Listeners.
1: A paraeducator, we call, <laughs> the name is, the title has changed so much. It used to be called a teacher's aide. Okay. So pretty much you're someone, you're usually a non-degree student your person doesn't have a degree of some type and you are there as a support, a teacher support, whether it's a one-on-one with a student or in a classroom as a support. So you're there to help the teacher, help a student, um, pull groups, you know, people use paraeducators in all different types of ways within the school. Cool, cool.
0: Yeah, so you you graduated, you got all this knowledge from college and now you're in your field and working. What did you notice from the things that you learned (laughs) Versus applying it to the actual job, how did that go?
1: I felt like I was drowning. Help me! Help me! <laughs> my first, <laughs> my first, probably like two, two or three years. Um, it was hard. Um, it was hard in the aspect. I just don't want to say it's hard. It's hard in the aspect because you're trying to apply what you've learned, especially needing first, fresh out of school. And then having people that have been in the career field for so long trying to tell you something different
2: mm, the, the practical OJT yeah so you're like way of doing things
1: uh, you know they're like oh you're doing that that's the hard way or you don't have to do all of that and so you're kind of in this place of like of course I want to heed and listen to this advice because you've been teaching for way longer than I right. you know but the same and too I'm thinking about you know my problems of practice and things that I've learned at my school like I want to incorporate this I have a vision for what I want my classroom to be like in our environment and learning community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it was hard, but um, I had, I will always tell people as a teacher, at least in the elementary field, you're not alone, you always have a team, quote mm-hmm. unquote, whether it's a partner, one other person, or a couple of teachers. And I had an amazing team. Um, my team helped me get through my first two years of teaching, my first year I taught fourth grade. And um, I taught fourth grade for two years. Right out the bat, my first year was a four or five combo, which was I was already nervous because I'm like, How am I gonna teach fourth and fifth grade
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> at the same time? future at the Hi. same time, teaching fourth, teaching <laughs> fifth at the same damn time. Sit down, <laughs> do your work at the same damn time, <laughs> get it together at the same damn time. <laughs> I'm happy that inspired you. It <laughs> No, <laughs>
1: <kidding me. laughs> but, um, yeah having those amazing women <clears throat> that were just there to be like hey you got this and i feel like they saw my potential nice at that time and just ran with that stood up for me in the sense of hey she's capable she can do this we have no doubt about it and i feel like that shaped me because i had a great team hmm. and in my career as i've continue to teach i've been on many teams i've taught i was actually just thinking about this i have taught in four different districts at four different districts in two states at four different schools Really? <laughs> so
0: and as a teacher of a year
1: <laughs> and I was teacher thank you like I'm really proud of that yes, yes. and I was teacher of a year um You're old also yeah. but doing all that I've got to see a lot of different things right every district is different mm-hmm. every school is different within that and how administration is run and the type of climate and culture that's amongst those teachers as well as where your school is located. All right. Um, something else about me is I've always taught at what we call a Title I school. So a Title I school is a school that um, is pretty much receiving from the state extra supports. They're getting extra and money and funds pushed into the school, mm-hmm. whether it's for more coaches, more interventionists, more um, after being able to provide after school for free, you know. So it's like there's certain requirements. It has to be so, of course, you're in a low socioeconomic economic area. It has to be so many kids that are receiving free and reduced lunch. Hmm. You know, there's there's a formula that these schools are this way. But I've always worked at a Title I school and it's always been my That's choice. Yeah. Um, I like the children there. I guess I feel like they need me the most if that makes sense. Yeah, Someone's absolutely. gonna need That's you. Real. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. How
0: much of you say you have your vision, mm-hmm. how much of your vision are you able to incorporate in your like syllabus and your teachings as far as that as opposed to what they require you to teach and, and go about teaching the kids
1: good question
0: and I'm I, sure it changes throughout the years oh yeah,
1: oh yeah. I feel schools. like I didn't get to that point where I felt comfortable because you're always afraid that if you defer from the assigned curriculum that the kids are going to miss something on the test because you know mm, these right. state tests. so you're very concerned and I feel like not until I started teaching really later in my career, probably after that first, I'll be honest, maybe after that fourth year is when I really focused on the standard. Mm-hmm. If I have to teach you main idea, right, how to understand what this article is mostly about and provide evidence, I don't have to use this story or whatever stories provided. I don't have to use the three little pigs. If I was teaching, you know, second grade, if I wanted you to retell, I can use anything and I, I think that's where we get as teachers get kind of you know boxed in because we don't realize that it's just about the concept or the standard or skill that I'm gotcha. trying to teach so <laughs> I try to now even more so but then that's why I try to incorporate other things like one of my favorite books I would tell the kids one of my favorite people I always say was Ruby Bridges mm-hmm. as an educator so my kids are like Ruby Bridges who's Ruby Bridges and I'm like what <laughs> like you know certain things we, we also remember too would you think kids know they don't No.
0: Can you educate the audience about what Ruby Bridges Bridges is? So
1: Ruby Bridges is a little black girl that had the opportunity to go to an all-white school. Of course, this was during segregation where it was not allowed, but she was the pilot for this. She was the one. After things got dangerous, as we know, and during the civil rights, you know, hosing, riots, all this crazy things was going on, she stood firm. After her whole class, because they did a pilot class, actually decided, all the parents pulled out, she was the one that remained and stayed and actually watched. So I feel it's all about overcoming perseverance. You know, we're resilient people. Absolutely. And I feel Ruby Bridges was that way back when. And so I always nice. talk about her story and I'm always like, she's great, right? And for right. for a lot. Exactly. And um, even my kids now, I tell people I'm like, if you didn't have people like Ruby Bridges, of course we always know M.O.K. You know, we didn't have these these people. I was like, y'all guys being in the classroom right now, sitting with each other, wouldn't be possible.
2: Started the revolution,
1: right? You wouldn't have that best friend that doesn't look like you sitting beside you because you'd be in a classroom. People look all just like you.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's and that's a that's a that is so huge that that you continuously are pushing not not necessarily the envelope, but pushing to do what your spirit is telling you to do. Cause like, like literally you can get boxed in with these these standardized curriculums, which uh-huh. once again, we're not gonna get on the on the, the curriculum piece cause that's a whole nother topic. Cause what standards are they using and how are they standardizing that, right? We can get into uh-huh. that topic, that's a sticky topic, but just having somebody to want to do something creative. So the kids cannot just be kind of narrowed focus that's that's such a hard thing to to, to do cuz it's like it's almost like literally going against that system, right? Yep. Um so how have you kept first of all your your sanity there? And how <laughs> have you how have you kept yourself you know on that that cutting edge of of innovating just so you know you have to teach these lessons, but your standards you're going to teach to a higher standards. That's just from what we've heard, right? You're gonna you're not gonna get Oh, just yeah, if give you him, ask him
1: I'm, a, I'm a hard grader. I'm right. a hard yeah. grader. She's
2: she, she <laughs> a tough yeah. grader on this side no. of the Mississippi, boy. But that's what Miss Freeman would've done, right? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. She would, and and of course you know the we we all talk about the process. We all talk about the pressure, right? We all talk about the perseverance and what it what it takes, especially nowadays. These kids some of these kids don't even have that. So we need people like you to go out here and keep pushing our, our, our black youth All our youth Right To be able mm-hmm. to go And say listen You can see my story Use it Go through all this stuff Because at the end of this You know what I'm saying You stick to the script Right You keep pushing yourself It's going to be tough That's a guarantee But on the end of that It's going to be These these things that you That you strive for
1: I feel like After I got over I guess being Scared Because that's what it is Right mm-hmm. Where I was scared to, to defer From what I've been taught, and I'm not going to say fam taught me that, but that expectation by education to be like, oh, we stick with this. These are the standards. Here's this curriculum and this is what you do. Or here's this book and I teach directly what this book says and goes through it. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, we can talk about who made this book. Mm -hmm. Let me get me started on history books or lack thereof, right? (laughs) Right. So um, for me, it was knowing that kind of thinking of my why. I got into this to help brown little girls and boys that look like me, right? So I guess I fell back, even though there was a fear of, oh gosh, you know, am I setting them up by not sticking to this? You know, all those other questions, I always went back to my why of, this is why I got into this and I need to share what I know to best prepare them. So then that kind of just pushed me from there. Like, I'm like, "Uh, I'm going to do what I know is best and do what's best for kids. And then apologize later if someone has a problem with what I'm doing. You know, Absolutely. but also they teach us too, right? They want us to say they're giving you autonomy in the classroom. So then I looked at it like, okay, you're saying that pretty much, pretty much as long as I'm, these kids are growing, I'm making years growth. They're doing what they need to do. They're, they're, they're reading, they're reaching these goals and expectations. And I can have data to prove that there's not a problem. So then I was like, well, if you don't like what I'm doing, I'm gonna fall back on my data. Right? Because if my kids are getting it, it doesn't matter. How or Mm. by what means per se, if you're going to be picky about, oh, you chose this article. I decided to choose this article on Mary Walker. Okay. And for those of you guys don't know, I was just actually just talking to my kids about Mary Walker. She is actually the old, was known or was known as the oldest student in the nation. Mm. All right. She was a slave. She grew up. She did not learn to read until I believe she was 114. And she lived. She says she lived through twenty six presidents. And it was just an amazing story. And it was a picture book. And I was like, "See, I'm like information is out there, parents. This is a picture book, a nonfiction picture book that is depicting this black woman telling her story, her struggles." And I read it one because it was nonfiction, and our our kids at my school, especially right now, are having a hard time with nonfiction literature, Mm -hmm. informational text, and you know we're talking about how we read nonfiction differently. But also in that one bam of a book, I was nonfiction. I taught you about a person you probably had no idea about that I learned about as well in the process. I'm teaching you history because it's talking about slavery. It talks about the Emancipation Proclamation. It gave them this whole full ride. Mm -hmm. Then we're talking about presidents. We're also talking about, oh, she's a learner. It's never too, you're never too old to be a student, right? Or to learn something new. And she was struggling with reading and writing the things that our kids are struggling with now. So I was like her resilience, her ambition, Right. All these things. She did it. She never gave up. She was able, but she learned how to read, write, add, and subtract. And she was saying the only thing she had when she was, I think she got it when she was eight or nine was a Bible that an evangelist gave her. And she kept it, even though she couldn't read it. She said it looked like squiggles to her. She kept it. Wow. She was like, I had three sons. And she said she always got someone to write their birth date in the Bible. And she said not till she was, the Bible was, had to wait they said the Bible had to wait 101 years for her to be able to read it mm. well, so
2: no excuses
1: being able to make that choice for my kids and expose all kids to that mm. is worth it even if somebody came by and be like well I think like you said it goes into the why well why did you choose that book for all the reasons I just explained to you guys is why I chose Absolutely. this book to teach the standard of comprehension and understanding non-fiction texts and the things that we see so how do you feel
0: about like i've been seeing in the news about like you know the southern states and then going about not teaching kids about certain topics like slavery and stuff like that in schools now how do you feel about that topic and them trying to take that out of the school in terms of learning about the history what's your take on that
1: we're setting our babies up for failure we're setting us ourselves up to repeat history right we say <laughs> yeah. that's the reason why we have to learn it um in grad school actually I was learning what you don't teach or what we're taking out they call it null curriculum it's a curriculum what we choose not to teach Yes, it's a choice it's still hurting our kids in the wrong run and once again we look at who's making those decisions why do we want to take this out now why is it a problem at this point in time that you feel that these things should not or do not need to be talked about when our outsides our surroundings, the world is telling us different. People want to take out what Texas was talking about, what taking critical race theory. Mm-hmm. Um, really? So we don't want our kids to think critically about race, right. <laughs> Like just breaking down the, the title two, of that.
2: Two
1: things. <laughs> I mean, thinking that you critically. Should be thinking about, right. Critically thinking. And that's the big push. We're like, we want our students, our scholars to think critically in 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 all subject matter. But it's still a skill. You have to teach. How to think critically It's not Most people don't naturally Think critically And be able to apply All these different variables To the problem Or the task at hand Right, right? right, right. So
0: You still gotta go out there And live this life So why not know about The history of this life right. Exactly yeah, Both got, sides yeah. I mean
2: all sides of it that, That's what's been the thing We, we talk about information um, Gathering We talked about research You've heard a lot of Commonality of And I think that's what we all literally take away from it, is Like Do your research And you're trying to take away the very thing that people are probably researching more of now, because they want to understand, what's mm-hmm. my history, right? We we had to an ask podcast. Like, I mean, that 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 opens up a whole nother form of things. You know what I'm saying? And so, I I I I feel you on that. That is that is set us up for failure there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Trying to sweep it under the rug and, and just gonna say, well, we're not gonna talk about washing it away and and things that happened in the past that this country was built on. I mean, that's like. That's like admitting a chapter in a book and saying, okay, here's your here's your, your manual. <laughs>
1: right. No, you but you just admitted write.
2: the chapter that actually built the manual. Right. This manual was built on
1: or the legs, The understand the them, right? You're putting it together. Trying what? to black out them government documents. <laughs> oh, <that> redacted. <laughs> redacted. <laughs> right. But up. in saying that, and I guess what asking the question made me think about this, especially in COVID and a lot of that. I saw a lot more of the need for parent support. Message. Okay, Mm. in the schools I work at, there's always a need for parent support, right? Mm -hmm. But in that, with these things being taken out, omitted, even more important for our parents to be teaching at home. And I'm not just talking about, oh, adding, subtracting. No, teaching your family history, your culture, your traditions because traditions are just as important. Like we have conversations about traditions all the time and traditions doesn't necessarily mean Christmas. We open, we open Christmas presents on Christmas Eve instead of Christmas day. Mm -hmm. Traditions can be like, Oh, Hey, we eat dinner together every night. Mm -hmm. Yes, You know, we sit down at the table, you know, phones off TVs, you know, we are immersed in having a conversation and finding out how was your day? What do you do? How are you feeling? Mm -hmm. Having those real conversations. And I feel like parents, I feel like I'm not personally a parent <laughs> not yet <laughs> I'm not a parent so I can't speak exactly to what it is you know I even tell my parents that I of my scholars that I teach like I don't fully understand it but you know no I only have your child's best, best at, at heart, heart. always yeah. right you, you so there. it's like it's that time, time the gift of the gift of time is one thing you can always give it I mean that quality time not people like oh well, you know I read with my kids every night or um you know we, we you know we spend time we do things together and i'm like oh culture and experience with your kids amazing that gives them opportunities you won't believe but also having that conversation and being like we may have read a book together you may have read to me vice versa but are you asking critical questions i'm always on my my partner here about you gotta ask the right questions so if y'all just read together are you taking the time to be like well what Watch did we thoughts. just read exactly. right mm-hmm. what how do you think about that or something happens on the news with everything that's in the news ask your kid, how do you feel about what you just saw? What do you think that means? You know, that you will have probably some of the most deep and amazing conversations to truly mm-hmm. understand how your child processes and thinks about things, Absolutely. you know? Because I've had some parents like, oh, I feel like, you know, at school they connect so well with you and da-da-da-da-da and I'm like, I... Spend more time With your child Than you do Yep, and yep. You challenge them yes. And you right. ask questions
0: And actually concern you know, about it yeah. Even yeah. when I tell kids my kids They can tell that are concerned oh yeah. oh yeah They can tell when you actually care Or when you don't yeah. And they yes. give you that Same type of energy That hey, yep. you're already on there Keep with that same with energy, energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> without, without
2: even being a parent You're right yet. You're already on The, the key thing That, uh, that we have seen you. Like for real That's what it's been <laughs> and, and you talk about Schooling at home Like doing the things That you need to yes. do To prepare your children For life For, for life Just success Outside of when your parents are gone, right? You know what I'm saying? Because that's that's for me as a parent now. That's been my focus and my why to make sure that we set our children up and all our children for success and being mm-hmm. able to make sure that they can critically think about things. Because we're not going to be around forever. You know, I wish I can say I can get to 150 something right. years old and see 85 president. You know what I'm saying? I'm Being right. facetious, but <laughs> yeah. Right. But I mean, we don't we don't know how much time we have in us right. like that, and right. so so you know thinking about things doing our research critically Mm -hmm. thinking giving our kids you know the best opportunity that's as a teacher the parents
1: are the first teachers right yes absolutely you know and
2: so it's very crucial like we we, we've we're homeschooling our children you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying we have to do that especially in this day and age right now because we want to make sure they're set up we're going to do other things to teach them outside of that but technically it's like well what are the schools doing right now i mean it's been on pause for a year and a half or so Parenting ain't been on pause Learning ain't been on pause You know We've been le- teaching them The best way we can Right You know Right
1: yeah. No and I do agree with though, Like Kids do have a power It's magic You're right They can see through you They know if you care They know if you don't mm-hmm. So I don't ever Try to Play with kids In the sense of If I care about You know what I mean Like we're gonna build A relationship Ours may not be We are best friends And you like me And I like you But you're gonna know My job is to Keep you safe teach you and know that i care about you in the sense that nothing bad is gonna happen with you while you with me Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know kind of thing and i feel like once kids know that that's that's you and this is how you feel no matter what happens no matter if you get on them if you're riding them hard if you're showing them love i mean right now in COVID, of course we're not hugging nobody but once they know that they know even if i'm coming on you and i'm riding you you know it's from a place a place of guess what she wants the best for me I'm going to be great. Cause I always tell them like, you can't do the minimum and expect to be the great. Mm. You know, you can't do the minimum and expect to be great. And usually I always go to my favorite people like Kobe, Kobe, hey, the, the mama, mama mentality. You gotta yes. Me, you know what I mean? I talk about LeBron. I talk about a lot of different athletes because I'm like, to, once again, in relation to my kids, you know, my black boys. Hey, y'all like everybody said, like, who's your favorite? Oh, you know, Durant, all these people. I was like, okay. I'm like, I'm going to speak Kobe. I was like we practice, right we practice to get better at things you know this is, this is what i tell my kids i'm like so i'm like kobe he gets up early right he's there before the team gets there warmed up then he works out with the team i was like after practice is over i was like it's over we practice is done and they're like yeah we already practiced we good and i was like mm, no i'm like kobe stays after he practices some more i was like you have to do more than the men and be great so if this is my expectation for you and what i need you to do and or learn it's great because i'm gonna set you up to reach mine mm-hmm. but think about if you did just a little bit more not every time it may be every couple of times but think about how you will blow my expectation and your owns out the water if you do more than the minimum
2: hmm. Hmm. man really- uh just imagine if this country was doing more than the minimum you know imagine <laughs> just imagine if, if we just no but that's real yeah. talk though it's not even it's you you've related it so simply but yeah it's such a hard thing to do a hard concept and even me even y'all i i I know we don't sometimes we get there and we like ah you know and it takes a team it takes support like you said multiple times (laughs) yes
1: a team i had a Mm -hmm. good
2: team Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like we a team right here like I, i can't sit here and say we ain't gonna go through stuff but we together as a team bro like for real we don't came through so much stuff and i know i can i can support my my folks You know what I'm saying? I I can support my family. Something go wrong, guess what? Boom. I got support. And that's what it is. Then you can operate on a different level Mm
1: -hmm. with that
2: type of confidence, right? You can go like, all right. You got that team. You got that team, man. Hey, I feel
0: you, Coach Howard. I have another question for you, (laughs) Queen. (laughs) Um, What is the biggest thing that you have noticed about children and their learning um, over the times that you've been in the profession and now through covid as well too like what is the biggest thing
1: the struggle with reading Mm. okay i'm gonna pick that content reading has always been something that has been a struggle or kids have always been behind but now it has been magnified and triple quantified um after covid so we our kids were out of school or out of the schoolhouse right the brick and mortar building for the last year and a half yeah okay so your typical child that you know you may be like oh they're a year behind now adding that year and a half what you got you got them really they're already two and a half really three years behind i was telling us in our data we use a program called i ready this year they didn't invent a new color for the kids that are below usually it was green yellow red you know green you're on yellow you're a bubble kid you may be you know a little bit behind red you're probably a year to two behind now there's like red with some stripes across it like like a maroon color for our kids that are three plus years behind in school so i have third graders that may be on a first grade slash kindergarten because you really can't be lower than you know there's no quantification for three anything more than three years if you're in third grader i have a third grader that can't read or better yet doesn't know all their can't identify all their uh letters letters and or letter sounds now Another thing I heard a lot during COVID was, oh, you know what? Well, that's the teacher's job. It's the teacher job to teach. Get it, fam. I get it because everybody's like, oh, this new math, this new reading. You know, Common Core came and changed a lot of things for a lot of families. This new way of thinking about math was a struggle. Parents felt like they couldn't support their kids in learning that. There ain't no excuse for not knowing your letters. Mom, dad even if you weren't fully educated, even if you didn't go through high school, your children, you should be able to talk about our letters and then be able to identify it. And you should be able to come into kindergarten knowing the letters in your name, right? You've had that since you were born. Yeah. So it's just parents doing what they can. And I feel like right now in this education, there's a lot of finger pointing, mm-hmm. you know, we want to blame, oh, kids are behind because of COVID. Kids are already behind. <clears throat> this is not new. Kids were behind before COVID. But guess what? We also aren't hearing a lot enough information about those kids that thrived in COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Those kids that we know didn't like school, socially awkward, didn't have friends, introverts. So for those kids, they excelled, they flourished during this time of being in this platform of online, mm-hmm. right? So we're not hearing about the good that it may have hurt because we know it dramatically hurt the majority. But for some people, it works better
0: tune in on the next episode of tube cgmh to find out